Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Community Trust Bank's Sunday Morning Sports Talk on the home of the Cats. News Radio 630 WLAP. Welcome back in. Curtis Birch in today with Anthony White. And Larry Vaught. We're talking NFL draft. How about this, Larry? We've gone through a whole hour, uh, mostly talking draft, majoritively. Uh, and we really only talked about two of the guys drafted. We still got uh, three more dudes to talk about. And then five guys signing uh, undrafted free agent contracts. That's kind of a different deal for UK football, ain't it? A, a different deal, but a really nice deal. We'd like, we'd like to have these issues every year. <laughs> Without a doubt. Larry, what kind of state is this? Football state, you know that, Anthony. Curtis, yeah, Curtis found <laughs> surprise. Me and you knew it all along. That's we, right, tell him. We got a tweet in that was a quote tweeting uh, graphic that UK had had put out. Uh, Courtney Love was the actually one who who tweeted it out that got uh, added towards us. Um, and this was the first time in school history that at least one player was drafted in each of the first four rounds. Kentucky was only one of four teams to have that accomplishment in this year's draft. It was Kentucky, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Each had a player drafted in the first four rounds. Pretty cool to be in that company, right, Anthony? That tends to happen when you win 10 games Mm -hmm. and slap everybody upside the head in your conference. I mean, you don't just win games by having an Anthony White and a Craig Easton. You need like 22 players. You can't just have three people carrying everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And and Larry, you know the the second guy picked for from Kentucky was Lonnie Johnson. He goes to the Texans at number fifty four overall um, in the second round. There, um, I, like that's just kind of crazy to think when you know his story to a certain extent. And I think a lot of Kentucky fans are familiar with it. But from where he came from in Gary, Indiana, and you know you hear the quotes about him just the him saying that. You know, he was just trying to stay alive, more or less, and then get to college, and now he's a second-round draft pick. Uh, it's just an unbelievable story. Yeah, I think probably it, as good as the story is, still was probably underappreciated at, at Kentucky with, with how good that he was, and then he kind of blew up uh, after the after the season. I know there were some folks, maybe even some I'm talking to now, didn't think he was the best defensive back at Kentucky this past year. Maybe they think he was the second best. Maybe they think he was the third best. But I think just his, again, his measurables was kind of the opposite of, of, of Benny. They, they kind of looked at what his measurables were and what he looked like at the combine and all, and in the all-star game. And his stock just kind of skyrocketed right there. And, and, and happy for him. And hope, and hope that's a good spot for him. Don't admit I don't know enough really about Houston and their roster makeup and all to know. But I know just from reading and watching, it sure seemed like they were pretty happy to have him. Here's a- I, well, no, just this is like a little off topic, and I'll let you go. Uh, I do know for Josh Allen in the first round, Lonnie Johnson in the second round, and Mike Edwards in the third round, 
they picked good spots to be at from the standpoint that I think both Texas and Florida don't have state income tax, so uh, it, it, it'll be beneficial <laughs> towards their their checking accounts. But anyway, Anthony, here's a true story about Lonnie Johnson, and he and he and I thought his athletic freak when when Curtis and I interviewed these guys when I was studying under Curtis at Media Day two years ago. We're interviewing all the DBs. Of course, Chris Westry was tall. And most of the DBs are tall. Betty's a little slimmer. But Lonnie Johnson was bigger than me. Bigger than me. All all aspects bigger. Taller, wider. I was dang, this big old dude. And I said, man, you're a big old DB. And so we interviewed him, asked him questions. And I said, uh, so, you know, so what's your, what's your plan here for this year? You know, the position is open. And he says, well, you know, I came here, you know, play a little ball. And I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to get up out of here. I remember that. And I chuckled. It was like, go where? And he looked and said under his breath, to the league. Man, I laughed like, okay, all right, all right, well. It took him two years, but he got there. But. No, but, but I mean, that was his mindset. I know. And that, it goes back to the whole Josh Allen thing. If that's what he wanted to do, and he, com- he completed I couldn't be happier for the guys. He, I remember that quote exactly because he, what he said was, he goes, you know, looking to play a little ball and then dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dip and dip on the league. I'm like, man, that's that's what it's a heck of a mindset. man. I would, Larry, Larry, that would have been like an unbelievable storyline if UK football had a one and done. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just glad. I'm just glad I didn't hear the quote because I wonder what he was going to put that dip stuff in his mouth about. I wouldn't know what he's even talking about. Nah, that's uh, that's cash. Is cash is the one with those kind of dips, and uh, I believe Stenberg as well. But anyway, um, yeah, and so like I'm not. Listen, Larry, I know you were taking, you were kind of needling me a little bit there. I just, I thought like on the field wise, I thought Mike Edwards, and that's the one that you know I've I've kind of had like just been thought he was been unbelievable since the first time he, he stepped foot on campus and was making plays his freshman and that's the guy who was the, the the third UK player taken in the draft in the third round 99th overall the Bucks got 99 problems but now a safety isn't one um like I, I just think that he's just such a playmaker and that's exactly what the I think one of the I don't know if it was the Bucks coach or GM but they basically called him a proven playmaker and that's why I just liked him so much and for I mean like Here's the thing, when you kind of get in these mindsets, I th- and you know, we were talking at the start of this segment how this is like a slightly change up because Kentucky hasn't had, Kentucky football hasn't had guys drafted. And so I don't think, uh, I'm not calling Kentucky football fans like naive or anything, but I don't think necessarily when you don't pay attention to something closely, you don't understand all the nuance of it. Um, like drafting in the third round is a monster deal. Like that is that is a high draft pick, isn't it, Anthony? Like that means right. you're super, super valued. If you're the 99th player, when you have this many guys on teams, like that's, and I don't know how to exactly like compare it to like the NBA draft or something, but like I'd almost view that as as close to like a first rounder in the in the NBA draft because you're you're pretty much if you're a third rounder, like there's no guarantees in the league, but you're going to be given a ton of opportunities, right? That's that's about like in the in the league in the NBA probably about 17 through. Mm-hmm. And that's what James Posey was drafted about. So a guy that you know could come in and make an impact, but you you he may not be a starter, you know they can make an impact and develop. Because once you get underneath the third, once you get fourth, you that's somebody you think can make the team if it pans out. Fifth, sixth and seventh are just kind of guys you just want to give a shot to. Mhm. 
Yeah, and so you know the Bucks that they take that guy, and that's what I think. Like, kind of to your to your analogy about like in the teens, the twenties, in the third round, those are the guys you draft in the NBA that aren't going to be your superstars. Right. You're not getting your superstars here in the NFL. That's not what they're looking for. But they're looking for guys that are going to be there, and they're going to play for a long time, and they're going to contribute. And Larry, I think that's exactly what Mike Edwards is. Oh, I, I would agree, Curtis. I think I think they just were very very blessed in the. In the secondary this year, and, and I'm still a little surprised that Darius West didn't get drafted in one of those late rounds myself. I, I thought he would, also. So, uh, and I think he'll have still have a great chance to make a to make a roster. I think he's I think he's that good too. Darius West, he he tested great and had a great season. I thought Benny play, had a great season, didn't test well. I thought Lonnie had a decent season season and didn't test well. Either if you put both of the two together, and I was Mel Kiper or Whatever the other guy's name is, Adam. I can't remember what his Schefter? name. Schefter. No, was that him? Well, Adam Schefter is an NFL reporter. No, no. The other draft guy is Todd McShay. Todd, Mc- yeah. Todd, 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 Todd. If I, I would have thought that I would, I'm with you. I thought that he would have the best shot because he he put the film in and tested well. I didn't think Benny tested well, and I didn't think uh, Lonnie tested well. So I, I don't know what the guys are looking for, but that's the I, thing. Like <laughs> once you get past what like the fourth or fifth round, I <laughs> and this isn't exactly true but it almost feels like these nfl gms are just like picking names out of a hat yeah 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 you know larry the 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 last guy that got drafted that we haven't talked about yet and to be honest we didn't talk about him a ton leading up to the draft because it didn't seem like he was he was gonna be drafted was george asafo j goes in the second uh seventh round to the giants and like he's the guy and it's funny because uh, I'm sure this happens to you as well, Larry. Like people do social media searches or searches on your articles uh, when a guy from UK goes pros, and all of a sudden you're like, "Why is everybody commenting on this thing from four years ago?" Uh, I did an interview with one of our favorites, CJ Poop Johnson, um, and he was talking about uh, George Asafo J uh, as a freshman um, when I think Johnson was either a junior or senior, and he he has this this line where he goes, "That boy's strong." Um, and like all these Giants fans started retweeting it, Larry. And like he came, he was a guy that came in and like opened a bunch of people's eyes, kind of was shifting around the offensive line, but always had a ton of talent. So he gets drafted in the seventh round. And I don't know if a ton of people expected that. Well, I think Vince Maris won the did. I think he, he thought both him and Bunchy, both of them would be picked in round six or seven, is what Vince thought if teams would just be open minded about where they played. And I think he believes that, that both of those guys are going to stick in the NFL and, and be productive players because of their versatility and just how they can do different things. So Vance has been a big proponent of both of those guys yeah. since, I don't know, I, when I first started talking about draft back in November. And every time I talked to him since then, he continually mentioned both those guys. And about three weeks ago when I talked to him, that he was still getting a ton of calls about both of those guys, and then he thought they both were going to get drafted. So I imagine he's, he's happy for George, but I know he's disappointed that Bunchy didn't get drafted too. Yeah, and there was a stat that got thrown around a ton. Um, it had been through the season, and then uh, it got even more play on draft night because Mississippi State uh, had three dudes drafted in the first round, I believe, from their D-line. They gave up 12 touchdowns the entire season. Wow. Four of them were to Benny Snell in that yeah. in that win that Kentucky had. But obviously, Anthony, you know this. Like when you're as a running back, to a certain extent, you're only as good as your offensive line. And 
George OJ and Bunchy Stallings were helping push those dudes that are getting first round, getting drafted in the first round, like out of the way. And you would think that NFL teams would, in theory, value that a little bit more. And that's one thing I think. In New York right now is at a point where they have to make some decisions. I mean, they they, they drafted a quarterback. They're <laughs> yeah. going to Eli's not going to be around very long. So George is in a perfect position. That's that's the type of stuff when we we open this whole conversation, where you got to throw out the point that he played at Kentucky. He is blocking against the guys you are drafting. Yep. The guys you drafted in the first round, they pushed around, and that was the whole point. And and uh, I go back to uh to when Tim Couch was drafted. Like he did a lot of great things with a lot of great people around him. You you have to respect that. So now that's one good thing I think that uh. That Stoops is doing for another thing that's that gone unseen that that he's doing for university. He's kind of earning respect in other realms, like in the NFL life. I mean, he's already earned respect in the SEC with coach of the year and things like that. But there's no way in the world that you can have a thousand yard rusher and your offense line gets no respect. And a young quarterback. So it's not like you are, you know, respecting the quarterback's arm or respecting the quarterback. Everybody knows you're gonna run and you're lining it up. So I can yeah. say I'm, I'm surprised that Bunchy didn't get drafted. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, we, we're going to get to a break here. That, that's Anthony White. We got Larry Vaught on the line. We're gonna after this. We're gonna talk about the guys that got those um, free agent deals. Uh, Bunchy Stallings was one, and we got a couple other to go over. I think a couple guys landed in in great spots. So we'll get into that coming up next. I'm Curtis Birch. You're listening to Community Trust Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on the home of the Cats News Radio 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats 630 WLAP. Welcome back in to Community Trust Bank's Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught. Let's jump into those. Uh, if you'd like to interact with the show, shoot us a tweet at Sunday AM Sports. You can give us a call 280-2287 or 1-800-606-4263. Lots of dudes signed deals after they weren't drafted. Uh, Bunchy Stallings, we talked about in the last segment. He is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. C.J. Conrad is going to the New York Giants. Chris Westry to the Dallas Cowboys. Dorian Baker to the Cleveland Browns. Derek Beatty to the Houston Texans. So a couple guys linking up with former teammates. It'll be Stallings and Allen on the same squad. Conrad and George Asafo Jay, And Beatty and Lonnie Johnson in the same secondary, in theory, uh, down in Houston. Have not heard, Larry. I don't know if you have anything on uh, Darius West, who we were talking about. I haven't seen where he's signed a contract yet. Have you? No, no I have not. And again, that was a surprise to me too that he wasn't one of the ones that signed almost uh, immediately. So, I, yeah. But I know he's your guy. So I was hoping maybe you had some in, uh, updates on that. Well, That's kind of strange. I, I mean, Anthony, you were talking about testing. Like he's a dude that tests unbelievable. You would think the NFL would would someone would be willing to take a flyer. Maybe he has so many offers that he's trying to sort through them. I I don't know if, if that's a possibility or what exactly is going on, but he's got to find an NFL camp at least, right? Yeah, I, I he like I said, he tested well and his film uh, backed it up. the The only thing I can think of is if they waited long enough, and I know I got a call in the sixth round and I didn't get drafted because Oakland traded their last pick, and my, my agent explained to me was, as better if you don't get drafted uh, fifth or whatever, sixth or seventh, it's better not get drafted because you can negotiate where you want to go to. You can look at the roster options. And he's probably looking at, you know, where's what's best for me, mm-hmm. uh, ch- ch- uh, seeing who people are picking. That's the other thing. If you just jump on a team free agent, and what if they pick up 
other safeties free agent. Like so, you don't want to be competing with four other safeties, and one of them is they they like more than you. I I would find it hard to believe that he's not on the roster because of uh because of NFL's decision. I would think it's something of his. He's one of the few that changed my mindset throughout the season and through the process that said that he definitely belongs there. Yeah, so he, there's the potential that he's just kind of waiting things out and see how they shake out to find the the perfect spot uh, for them overall. I, I think it's kind of cool that a bunch of guys ended up on the same <laughs> same team, like Bunchy and Josh Allen. That would be pretty cool if they both uh, if Bunchy makes the Jags and, and those guys are on on the lines against opposite of each other uh, going forward in a, in a spot where you know they got back to that bowl game. Uh, the tax slayer bowl, obviously, the result wasn't what they wanted, but uh, you know that first Florida bowl was a, was a big step for UK football overall. So it's kind of cool to them for them to come back to that moment, Larry. Yes, it would be. I think the first press conference Josh did there in Jacksonville, he talked about how the last time he was there it kind of sucked, but he was hoping <laughs> it's going to be a whole lot better this time. And I think he would be really ha- happy with that. And again, it's a great great place to live. It's a terrific area. Fans are really passionate about the team. Down there, I've got a lot of friends in the Jacksonville area who are already really, really excited. A couple that have season tickets and a couple more that plan to get season tickets this week just because Josh Allen's there. Hey, Larry, what was the name? I'm thinking of Dorian Baker right now. What was the name of the receiver that may have been the MVP of the Super Bowl for Seattle Seahawks? Chris Matthews. 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 I remember him playing at Kentucky, falling completely off the map. No draft, no nothing. Like, then I was watching the game, and I say Chris Matthews. That's kind of a common name. Like, okay, Chris Matthews. Then he says something. That's not the Chris Matthews that was at Kentucky that barely – he made some plays but didn't really stand out. And I'm wondering if Dorian Baker – Dorian Baker has everything it takes to make it. I think he needs a little fire. He's. I don't know if playing back at home will give you that much fire because it kind of gives you a comfort zone. Where you know you hang out the same people, you know, I may or may not work out after practice, or I may or may not do this. But he has the potential to to do one of those type of things to get to the NFL, get serious about it. You start smelling the money, see everybody driving these new vehicles. He has the body for it. If he can make the commitment, he may be one of those Chris Matthews that show up sometime during the season. You hear Dorian Baker on the touchdown. That's really interesting. I think because Vince Merrill, when I talked to him said almost the same thing. You and him were almost using the same words right there. And, I mean, that's why he said that. He said that Dorian's got everything that you would look for in an NFL receiver except proven production. And and he said there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do it. He just hasn't done it. But he said he's got every ingredient you would look for. And that's what Vince said, that if, if in three years you told him Dorian had found a home in the in the NFL, that it wouldn't surprise him at all because he had everything that they were going to look for and that he would get a good chance. And he thought a really good look, and it might even start out that he might be on a practice team or, or something like that. But the Vince thinks he's he, he sounded just, just like what you did. Yeah, and I think all these guys uh, can be in, in the same situation, not from the standpoint that they were they underperformed at Kentucky. I mean, you know, we were talking about Bungie Stallings. He was a freaking All-American. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's yeah. a, it, that's just so how, how odd sometimes the NFL draft is. An All-American, like on multiple lists. Like, it wasn't just some uh, all com makeup a blog.com slash backslash 
Bunchy, you know, put him on the list. No, this was like legitimate lists, and he goes undrafted. That's why I think that he'll he'll definitely be successful down there in Jacksonville uh, with Josh Allen. I'm Curtis Birch, Anthony White in the studio. Larry Vaught is going to stick with us for an extra bonus segment. We got to talk a little bit of basketball recruiting because there's been some news uh, that I want to share with you guys. You're listening to Community Trust Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on the Home of the Cats News Radio 6:30 WLAP. You're li- with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listening to Community Trust Bank's Sunday Morning Sports Talk on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back into the show. Curtis Birch here with you. Anthony White. Larry Vaught on the line. Larry. Well, there has been some basketball recruiting news this week that we haven't touched on yet because, as you and Anthony pointed out, this is a football state, so we had to get through a ton of draft talk and transfer talk. Uh, But Johnny Juzang, that'd be a fun name to say, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. He announced this week that he is reclassifying to the 2019 class. Uh, He is a a five-star 2020 prospect currently. He's out in California and he recently got a visit from John Calipari and Joel Justice, and I believe it was reported by Evan Daniels of 247 Sports that he will be making a visit to Kentucky this week. So I don't know how you're reading this, uh, Mr. Vaught, but it kind of seems like Kentucky might might be getting a new wing uh, next year. Well, you think because that he's, he's sitting there and then he gets a Kentucky offer and then suddenly says I've got a big announcement to make and he announces in that he's going to reclassify and then he sets a visit to Kentucky. You think that sounds like pretty good news for Kentucky? Well, so do I, Curtis. We're on the same page here, buddy. I mean, it just kind of seems like things are lining up, Anthony. Those, those <laughs> Sometimes when, when all those things happen at the exact same time, uh, you get a, <laughs> you get a, a chime goes off in your head or on air. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, and it wasn't me this time. <laughs> you kind of think, hey, maybe this kid's going to Kentucky. But I, you know, I know Anthony. It's it's tough to follow along with all these names, but best I can understand at this point, sounds like it'd be a pretty good one to have. That's one thing I don't I don't worry about basketball. I mean, I think things are going to turn out the best way. People complain about, and I don't know if you remember because we talk about this, and you don't give me enough credit. You've you've become a little bit fully itself. No. You don't get in the beginning of the season when we watched them play over wherever they played at when it was in the Bahamas. Bahamas. I said I liked uh Hero Hero because he was so smooth and I liked him. Well, I, that was my favorite player coming out of the Bahamas. I didn't like Hero for a, a reason earlier than that, but go on. No, I liked him. So and I was wrong. Like I'm fine admitting I was wrong about Tyler Hero, but I got an eye for I got an eye for good hoopers. Well, you didn't watch him at the Nike Hoop Summit where he was atrocious, like I did. That was my first interaction with him, and I was my judgment had been clouded since then. And now he's going to be a first round pick. So, yeah. lesson out there for everybody: don't completely <laughs> bank on one seeing a guy one time, Larry. That's that was my my lesson right there because I I tried to halt people's love of Tyler Hero going into the season, and I was wrong. Well, especially in an in an all star setting. 
Like if you look at the McDonald's All-American game, you would be very excited about Khalil Whitney, but that's just not the type of deal he's going to look real good in, and, and he's going to be a terrific player. But, yeah, I, I learned that a few years back, too, Curtis, not to read too much into what you see out of a guy in an all-star game because a lot of times you don't get a very true reading there. Well, and the only thing with the Ham and Wild, I put like a little bit more stock into it is because I like I saw multiple practices, and I think like what – I'll phrase it like this. To your point about like the All Star thing, it was they always try to delineate to say the Hoop Summit isn't an All Star game. It's you know it's the kind of the first step into uh, international play, which is true to a certain extent. But what it is is it comes, or at least uh, when I was there that year, come at the end of the All Star circuit. So I think Hero had played in the McDonald's game, Jordan Brand, and then he flew all the way out to Portland and playing this one. So I, I by the end of it, I'd, I'd factored in fatigue when I saw what kind of player. Um, he truly was. Uh, so, but that that would that would give Kentucky another wing, uh, which they need. But as you kind of laid out there, Larry, they they do have a couple guys. I guess Whitney is is, is he's kind of a wing too. So he'll he, do you think he can play the four at all? Uh, for, for short periods, because he's he's so strong. I think he could for short periods, but not for an extended time. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see him having to guard, say, a, a, a P.J. Washington for, for a long time inside. And all. That's just not what Khalil's game is, yeah. I don't think. Now, do you think Brooks is capable of playing decently long stretches at the four? Yes, m- m- much more so, I, I do. Okay. And, and again, but, but again, I think John will probably change around a little bit how he well, plays this year, depending on how the roster ends up. Well, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm about to get into because uh, the EYBL, the Elite Youth Basketball League, which is Nike's grassroots circuit, uh, was this weekend, and it is the only weekend, the way I understand it, that college coaches are allowed to see these guys on these circuits. Uh, John Calipari and the whole staff were right outside of Atlanta at the stop down there, and they were watching a couple guys. And the, and the guy that like is, is most interesting because – his potential on the college scene is kind of come up quickly is RJ Hampton, um, who is still a 2020 guy, but from all the quotes I read sound like he might want to reclassify and be in college next season. Um, but as you, we just kind of went through there, if you have Juzang, obviously you're getting Hagens quickly. Um, Khalil Whitney, I, you got a ton of wings, you know, and yeah. The quote I saw that they were still still liked Kentucky and were were kind of thinking about Kentucky if they reclassify. I don't really see how that could work out, Larry. No, I don't either. The only way I could see it work out would be if this if this kid says, "Okay, I like Cal Perry. I like Kentucky. I don't care how many guys they got there. I know I can come in and play, and I'm coming." But if you if he lets parents or somebody say, I say, now, let's look at this logically. Where's the chance that there's the most minutes for you? That I don't think Kentucky's going to have uh, a chance to be that team. But again, if the kid says, I don't care who's there, I can come in and play, then, and that may be what Cal Perry's selling him on. Yeah, because the, the other thing to keep in mind with him is he wants to play point guard. That's kind of one of his, his main deals, and obviously yeah. Kentucky has Ashton Higgins. <laughs> And then they have Tyrese Maxey to back him up and, and Emmanuel Quickly. And so they basically have three guys that are very capable of playing point guard. Um, and actually, Duke is in the exact same scenario with this guy. Uh, once, they, once they got Jones back, it kind of seemed like it knocked them out. But I, I, I just, this, Larry, you've been following recruiting to a certain extent longer than I, but this whole like reclassification stuff is really thrown 
like trying to follow this into just another stratosphere because you seem like you're watching dudes and you're trying to project out, and then all of a sudden they just say, no, I'm going to come to college now. Yeah, well, that and the grad transfer, yeah. it's like, like you say, if, if Black Shear, if he suddenly decides he's coming to Kentucky, that changes everything about next season. That's a guy that two months ago you're not even, think, even thinking about could be a Kentucky. So when you throw in the grad transfers and the reclassifications, I mean, Johnny Juzang and R.J. Hampton are guys you just don't know what was going on there with them. But Juzang is kind of like Ashton Hagens. I believe he's already 18, which meant he would have been 19 by the mm-hmm. time he, if he stayed another year in high school. He's an older guy like, like Ashton is, so the fact he's reclassified is no big surprise there now. That's not the case with Hampton, I don't think. I think he's a younger kid. So, But I think anything you've seen in the last three weeks, if he doesn't reclassify, it'll surprise me. And I, I, I actually think he probably might end up in Memphis. Yeah, that's kind of the, the buzz that's going around, and Penny Hardaway is just going to have a, a ton of talent um, on that team next season. Now, when you get a lot of one-and-done talent – We've seen across the country. It isn't the easiest to coach. You know, Calipari's had pretty good success with it, but I, I, I'm, I, I would venture to guess Penny is able to get things together. And when you have <laughs> number one pick potentially in James Wiseman, and you just keep adding dudes to that, I think Memphis will be back on the rise. And I was talking to Kyle Tucker, who I do the Locked On Kentucky podcast with yesterday, and Larry, you, you, you don't, you, you know, you do, you'd go to the. Um, the grind session kind of games and those and those Marshall County Hoop Fests and other things, I kind of get your gauge on this. You have you have a pretty good pulse internationally. Kyle said to me that that like the Memphis brand is really on the rise nationally, and it isn't just it isn't just him getting dudes from Memphis. Like he could quickly turn it into getting dudes nationally. I think what happens this year will be a big factor in that because he's. Added uh, obviously James Wiseman, which is huge, and then he threw in there DJ Jeffries, who at one time was committed to Kentucky, and then that kind of fell apart. He threw in another guy from the grind session that I really like, Damian Balls, not a one and done type guy, but a really, really good player. But you hear more and more guys nationally talking about him when you're out talking to these elite recruits, and I think if they have a lot of success. This year with James Wiseman, and they have a really, really good season, then I think that brand is just going to get better and better. Now, if suddenly this season becomes an NIT season for yeah. then I don't know if that will be the case or not. So I think this is a huge, huge year, and adding somebody like R.J. Hampton would be humongous for Penny Hardaway. Yeah, I don't think there's any question um, about that at all. Like Anthony, you, you were – I'm trying to think how much did you follow like Penny Hardaway because you, you you often hear people talking about well these kids they don't know nothing from back in the day but I feel like Penny was such a huge deal that to a certain extent everybody kind of was aware of him back when he was just going crazy for the magic and even afterwards when his playing kind of turned south because of injuries he was still a huge brand. Yeah, Penny was one of my favorite players. He was—he actually changed. You know, the funny thing about it now, these little sneakerheads and and young cats. He was—I'm—if I'm not mistaken, he was the first one with the two hundred dollar pair of shoes before Jordan. Really? He, uh, the air, the foam posits were pennies. That's oh. the ones the ones everybody's now are wearing. So he's kind of like that Jordan brand. 
But the only the, the thing, and I was that's what I was trying to look up while we were off of there. Memphis's record last year, I thought Memphis underachieved, and people gave him a lot of flack about that. That and it also goes to the point because you're a good player, that doesn't always make you a good coach because you ex- your expectations on when you design a play or design what you want the guys to do, you expect them to do what you would be able to do. So I, I I do think the brand is big, and I think if you look far enough, and there's all that about well the penny, the same story I'm telling you, they can tell any recruit. Mm-hmm. Well, he had the first two hundred. The phone posits are pennies. Those what the pennies were in the beginning. So just the brand itself, a penny. Yeah, I think I think is alluring, but after a while, you're gonna have to win a little bit with yeah. that. And that's what it always comes down to, Larry. That, that's exactly right, and I think this will be that year that. We'll see what happens with, with Penny Hardaway. But, again, where he was an AAU coach, he was a high school coach, he's got an awful lot of connections with guys that are seniors this year, juniors this year, sophomores this year. So if he gets it going this year, then the next couple of years, these are a lot of kids he's interacted with uh, yeah. in abundance. He knows all their coaches. So it be interesting to see. It. But, like I said, getting, getting Hampton would certainly be a big, big plus for them. And that's still where I think Hampton will end up. Yeah, and just the vibe I get overall from the recruiting in 2020, it seems like Kentucky's in a good spot for a lot of the top, top prospects. So I, I, are we classifying what John Calipari has, has done in the past two years by only securing the second-best recruiting class a drought, Larry? I don't know how to exactly to couch this. but uh, not, not me, because <laughs> when you've been watching it for 45 years, you remember a lot of years that uh, getting the second class, the yeah. eighth class, the tenth class would, would have been really, really good and I also remember some years in different eras where getting the high profile guys didn't always result in a, in a national championship yeah yeah without a doubt so but like recruiting going forward not surprisingly seems to be in a pretty <laughs> pretty good spot it's been, uh, it's been good every year he's been here <laughs> yeah but I, I just meant uh, from the state well there's there's chicken littles to a certain extent you know that Larry true. out true. there that are that are worried like you got beat by this guy for this. Uh, what are we going to do going forward? They're going to be okay uh, moving forward. So, All right, uh, he's Larry Vaught, and he's got to go do Sunday things. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Larry. All right, guys. Oh, Larry, he's Larry. He had to go real Mark quick. Mark, cut him off I from, think, a, from afar? I don't know what happened there. Larry, maybe as soon as I said bye, he just hung up. He had enough. Tim giving people the hook. You can't, you can't say nothing to Tim. It's the big man back there. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Vaught's Views and read his work at Vaught'sViews.com. I'm Curtis Birch, Anthony White in studio. Coming up next, we got an NBA note that I, I thought was really, really interesting uh, from last night. We'll talk about that, and I'll let, I'll let Anthony show his basketball knowledge since he said uh, I don't respect it enough. I'll let, I'll let him... My eye, my basketball eye. I'll let him share that next. If you want to interact with the show, give us a call, 280-2287-1800-606-4263, or shoot us a tweet at Sunday AM Sports. You're listening to Community Trust Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Welcome back in. Community Trust Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Tim on the board. You know, Anthony, this job's fun for a lot of reasons. Sometimes you dance to the bumper music like you are right now. And I mean, at, at worst, we we get to talk about sports. So, like, that's fun, right? Right, right. But then it gets, like, fun to the nth degree 
when fantastic people are like send you a tweet and they're like, hey, go check outside the door of the radio station. You're like, what? What's going on out there? And then you go check and there's donuts. Yes. That's when it gets real good. It's getting me off my diet. <laughs> Sunday's cheat day, right? Isn't isn't that? That is true. That's you, true. You cheat, you cheat day on Sunday. Uh, yeah. So shout out to the Rally Cat uh, for bringing us some delicious donuts. Haha, Mark, no donuts for you. Sorry about your luck. You ever notice that when we when we normally get food, Mark always takes the leftovers? I know. I was thinking that. I was thinking, <laughs> I was, I'm finally going to get to take me something home once. If he has want, a bigger family than us, though. Yeah, that's why I always, I do, I do let it slide because he's got the kids and the wife. And even though now, I guess both kids are going to be going to college. So next, like, you know, yeah. once once the the youngest burger is all, is off to school, he's not going to have any excuse. He's just going to be taking them selfishly. Which, and you got nieces and nephews, niece yeah. and nephews, one niece and one nephew. Uno, no, no. I thought you had two. No, nah, just the one. I thought you were, so that was the same person you always taking pictures. I thought you were taking mm-hmm. pictures of a little boy one time. No, nah, she just grew the hair out a little bit more. Got older. Oh, okay. No, nah. so there was change. I always do find it funny. My sister tells me sta- uh, tales, and I'm sure these aren't very like specific to her i'm sure they happen to a lot of people like sometimes an older person will get the gender of the child confused (laughs) (laughs) and even after you correct them they'll continue to call the wrong gender (laughs) exactly right like and the way i understand it it like happens both ways like if you got a little little cute boy and he's wearing i don't know like a purple or a light light blue and for whatever reason uh, Thelma is out there holding, right. <laughs> holding the baby, and and sees the purple one. Just in her mind, it cl- it clicks that this is a girl. She'll continue to call him a girl through the whole conversation and never correct herself. But if you were in UK, if you if you just got a kid has a UK shirt on some jeans, you don't know. No, I mean, you never you, know. You don't, you don't know. So, oh, so I was like, <laughs> it's funny though. Somebody got mad at me. I called it an it. <laughs> It's so cute. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> That's funny. And the other, the, I, I always, uh, I do love, um, like sometimes when you get a name like an Aaron. Like so, if you got a little baby and the the, the games that are kind of the names that are unisex, like you know, E R. I got a cousin named E R I N. Aaron. She's yeah. a girl. Uh, and then I know I went to school with a couple of dudes named Aaron. Double A Ron. Yeah. Aaron Harrison's <laughs> hey, hey, so like if you're if you're if you got a kid and you're like oh because so, that's sometimes a trick like if you don't know what the gender is you go oh what's what's the name <laughs> and then you're like Aaron and you're like oh I still got no idea what to call this thing and you're just kind of rocking it and like oh that's okay <laughs> so cute what's his middle name what? <laughs> and so you can't say him or her middle name you gotta say what's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's some of the from a from a non-parent perspective, Anthony and I like what we deal with when we interact with children to a certain extent. It's always when, interesting. When you so when you I guess the note is when you introduce your child to someone, introduce him or her <laughs> as him or her. Or she's yeah, she's only three or she was born so and so. Don't leave it up to me because I'm gonna say, let me see it. <laughs> Can I hold it? <laughs> when was it born? <laughs> Yeah, do you're right though. Parents will get a little defensive yeah. uh, when you call their it's child. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love that. Like, oh, sometimes people just will not come off the <laughs> come off the. Oh, he's so cute. It's a, it's a girl. Oh, how old is he? Well, it, she was born 18 months ago. We got a little sidetracked there. We'll get back into sports talk. 
I got an NBA note uh, and some basketball scandal trial news as well coming up next. I'm Curtis Birch. He's Anthony White. If you want to interact with the show, shoot us a tweet at Sunday AM Sports or give us a call. You're listening to Community Trust Bank, Sunday morning sports stuff on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630, WLAP. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.